Hi, and welcome back to the Wild EM podcast, still bringing you the better carry care out there. Today, back with another journal club on corticosteroids or anaphylaxis. Now, we've touched on this way back on episode two when we covered anaphylaxis, but we just briefly covered the evidence for steroid use in anaphylaxis. So today, the plan is to take a deeper dive into the literature underpinning this therapy. Now, a very wise and very Canadian man once said to be very skeptical of anything you hear. So with that in mind, the hidden agenda behind these Journal Club episodes is in fact to get you interested in reading and interpreting the primary literature for yourself and not taking what anyone else says at face value. Okay, on with the show. You're listening to Canadian Podcasts. Today, we are going to start by looking at a meta-analysis entitled Cortical Steroids in Management of Anaphylaxis, a Systematic Review of Evidence by Lee Image and all. First, a bit of background on a meta-analysis. In the pyramid of evidence-based medicine, systematic reviews and meta-analysis are considered the highest quality of evidence there is because they both comprise of multiple studies summarized or pooled together. Personally, I will sometimes prefer a high-quality individual RCT study or randomized control study because a meta-analysis with low-quality or very heterogeneous studies will also produce low-quality results. So, let's have a look at today's article. First of all, the authors do a good job of contextualizing their article, stating that among many different professional societies, recommendations for cortical steroid use differ. For example, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology states that steroids are ineffective in the acute phase of anaphylaxis, but the Canadian PEDS Society recommends using it as second-line therapy. Clearly, we do not have consensus here. Physiology. So why would steroids work in anaphylaxis? We long thought that steroids inhibited the transcription of inflammatory markers and therefore took two to six hours to even have an effect. This late effect may still be beneficial to avoid biphasic reactions, which we'll get into later. But in the article, more recent studies have also uncovered a potential for more rapid effect of steroids, reducing the release of inflammatory molecules from granulocytes, which are responsible for the symptoms of anaphylaxis. This effect could be as fast as five minutes, therefore potentially beneficial for the acute treatment of anaphylaxis. Author's question. This is important because the question the authors are trying to answer will guide their research. Specifically, the authors state they, quote, aim to review and systematically document the evidence on the use of corticosteroids in the emergency treatment of anaphylaxis, end quote. Already, we can see there is not a very precise question with a patient-oriented outcome in mind. We're not trying to see if steroids reduce mortality or hospital visits. We are documenting all the evidence on their use in the emergency setting. So we can already suspect that such heterogeneous results will not generate a conclusion that will be able to change our practice. Nonetheless, we move forward. Search for relevant studies. The authors searched PubMed and Medline, but not any other databases such as EMBase nor Cochrane. 
They also do not mention searching for any unpublished data nor abstracts from scientific meetings. So with that being said, we can stop reading this article. This is a pearl I picked up from an evidence-based medicine workshop I had the opportunity to attend at the McMaster University in Canada with Dr. Gordon Guyot himself. He literally wrote the book on evidence-based medicine. And during this workshop, some of the gurus who were teaching shared with us that the first thing they look at when reading an article is the method section, because if there are major issues, there is no need to read the rest of the article. The reason I started here with the author's question and their search strategy is because here we can already see that with a very broad question and a non-exhaustive search strategy, we suspect that we will not be satisfied with these studies' results. Sure, we can read on through the whole article, but at the end, I won't be convinced that all the existing data was well searched for and included, and with such a broad question, I doubt the results would be practice-changing. I think seeing and realizing this upfront is important because there is so much medical literature being published and it's impossible to keep up with it all. Therefore, being able to rapidly identify which articles are worth diving into is essential and for me this one is just not worth it. But fear not, we will not end there. Rather, in this case, to try and answer our question, we'll focus on one of the better quality studies included in this review. And the article in question is Emergency Department Corticosteroid Use for Allergy and Anaphylaxis is Not Associated with Decreased Relapses by Gruno and All. Now, this is a retrospective study, but as the authors point out, there are no RCTs on treatment of anaphylaxis, in part because of the time-sensitive nature of the disease, making research more difficult to conduct in this field, though not impossible. On with the PICO. P. Population. The population is adults over 17 years of age with an allergic reaction as their ED diagnosis. Of notes, patients who were in the hospital for more than 24 hours were excluded from this study. Intervention. The intervention was with any steroid exposure, either only acutely in the ED or for a few days after the visit. Comparison. The comparison group were patients receiving no steroids at any time during their treatment course, both in the ED and in the days following. Outcome. The outcome being measured was any relapse visit in the emergency department within a seven-day period. Results. This study was looking at all allergic reactions presenting to the ED, and for all allergic reactions, there was no difference in the relapse visit rate if you got steroids or not. Now, for our intent and purposes, we will look at the subgroup of patients with anaphylaxis. And for the subgroup of patients in anaphylaxis, there was also no difference in the amount of relapses within the seven-day time frame, with a 4% relapse rate in the group treated with steroids compared to a 5% relapse rate in the group without steroids. Furthermore, in the secondary analysis, there were less than 1% clinically significant biphasic reactions in both groups, so also the same. And there were no deaths in either group. Discussion. So as we have already stated, this was not an RCT. But RCTs looking at steroid use for anaphylaxis don't exist, so this type of study is all we've got. That being said, in this retrospective study, the subgroup of patients with anaphylaxis showed no difference in relapse visits, significant biphasic reactions, nor death, whether you got steroids or not. But again, 
absence of proof is not proof of absence, and this retrospective study data is not sufficient to convince anyone that there is definitive lack of benefit from corticosteroid use in anaphylaxis. Which brings us to the next question. What is the harm? And there are some pretty important side effects to consider. First, and maybe less significant, is GI upset with a number needed to harm around 20. Next, hyperglycemia is also a known side effect with a number needed of harm of 11. Of note, all of these hyperglycemias will not turn out to be hyperglycemic emergencies per se, but it does happen as I have seen. Other known but rare harms of steroids include GI bleeding, infections, and even new onset psychosis. But these are all pretty rare, and although I do not have any exact numbers, a recent Cochrane review looking at over 2,000 adults with pneumonia who received corticosteroids found no increase in any of these bad outcomes associated with the steroid use. So again, these bad outcomes do exist, but they are pretty rare. In light of the quality of the data available, it is hard to make any recommendations to impact current practice. Unfortunately, because of how rare significant biphasic reactions or progression to severe disease is in anaphylaxis, it's very unlikely that we will ever get any high quality data that proves or disproves corticosteroid use in anaphylaxis. And so, the most likely is that practitioners will continue to do what they have been doing or taught to do during their training despite this review. But is there anything we can take home here? Well, first and more important, any benefit for steroids in the majority of cases of anaphylaxis is an area of debate with high quality evidence lacking. But if you want to know a treatment that's not up for debate, it's epinephrine. So give it early in suspected cases of anaphylaxis and make sure you get the dose and route of administration right. And you can head over back to the episode on anaphylaxis where we've already covered that. And second, I'll tell you what I've taken away from this available data. So I usually do not give steroids to patients with anaphylaxis as I believe most of them will not benefit from this therapy. There are two exceptions to this. First, patients with wheezing, as they likely have some component of asthma or reactive airway disease for which we have much better data suggesting the steroids do play a role here. And second, very sick patients with anaphylaxis. So my rule of thumb here is anyone needing a second dose of epi, I will also add in steroids. The reasoning being that contrary to previous teachings, the new evidence suggests there may be an early role for steroid use in anaphylaxis, with the drug having an onset of action as fast as 5 minutes. This would theoretically treat the acute anaphylaxis and not only prevent any later biphasic reactions down the line. For this reason, if I have a really sick patient I'm going to use the kitchen sink approach on, I will also add in the steroids. In my practice, and also in the wilderness setting, this should be pretty rare though, as the vast majority of patients with anaphylaxis will do well if they are treated early and appropriately with epinephrine. Alright, so to summarize, there is not great evidence to guide our use of corticosteroids in anaphylaxis. That being said, it likely does not benefit the majority of patients we are seeing who will respond to early and appropriately dosed epinephrine, but for the very sick patients, there may be a role in early use of corticosteroids in anaphylaxis, and for myself specifically, that means any patient getting a second dose of epinephrine. Alright folks, that's it for today. We are going to wrap up the show. 
I hope this was an interesting subject to cover, to touch on the gray zones and limitations of evidence-based medicine, and to show how sometimes we are still using and applying the art of medicine approach. So with that, I am signing off, and until next time, remember to keep your crampons in the ice.